This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. Central Mexico. A place known for having a plethora of Mesoamerican cultural sites, attractions for the off-beaten path intrepid traveler, and of course, ancient ruins. It is a place that allows for a view of Mexico that is slightly less known to those used to frequenting coastal beaches and resort towns. However, the regions of central Mexico are also known for something that many of the locals in places like Monterrey and Mexico City have described as a very real, terrifying, nefarious phenomena that has existed for many, many years. Supernatural sightings of unexplainable humanoid figures that can only be described as witches. Resparked by 2006 video evidence, the conversation on Las Brujas, or the Witches of Mexico, has reached new heights. Paranormal ideas have experienced a renaissance in recent times that can only be described as a revival of interest in the unexplained offering a new wave of legitimacy in Mesoamerican beliefs regarding the occult. Join us on Into the Portal for a new, terrifying experience in the world of Mexican witchcraft and sorcery, and one that will make you ask yourself the question, do you believe in magic? Hello, and welcome back into the portal. I'm Amber A. And I'm Andrew McKay. Welcome and back, everyone. We're back. It's a brand new week. Oh, I feel yeah. like we say that every single time. I mean, it is indeed true every week when you say it's a brand new week, so. <laughs> Honestly, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> what, leading up to, uh, yeah. leading up to Halloween? It's the big build-up, man. Oh, That's yeah. why I'm so oh, yeah. excited. Absolutely. Oh. Got some, a little bit of housekeeping. A little um, bit, yeah. We have a special someone we'd love to say happy birthday to. Yes, we do. Coming up on the 3rd here of October, Ian. Ian Tarver. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. Happy early birthday. Happy early birthday. Yeah. Um, so this was the closest episode to your birthday on the 3rd. So we, uh, yeah, you had a special someone in your life reach out to us. And uh, so we just wanted to say a very happy birthday to you, good sir. Hope your day is excellent. Indeed. And as well, thank you for reaching out to us with that amazing article from Mysterious Universe. Yes. Very neat. Um, Yeah. Unexplained (sighs) objects that have just been found all throughout the world that are just... That is my jam. I can't wait to do an episode on that. It is going to be awesome. Yeah. So that's definitely coming out of the pipe pretty quick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Once we get our research done. (laughs) Well, yeah. We'll see how uh, unscathed we are at the end of October. It's going to be a busy month. (laughs) But um, we do have a couple of new reviews as well. And um, last week we had a ton of housekeeping, so we didn't actually read out our reviews. But um, thank you so much to, uh, again, to Haley's Common 86 and uh, the Pine Barrens Institute for your lovely reviews. Mm -hmm. And they have a couple new ones, and this one is hilarious. It, It really is. 
So this is from Rimquist, five stars, awesome podcast, and it reads, this is a great podcast and super helpful for keeping my deformed twin brother calm in his basement cage. He no longer attacks me when my friends stare at his hump. So there's that. Thank you very much, sir. That's uh, indeed creative. Um, Yeah. And then uh, we have another five star one, um, which is awesome. Really just makes us feel so good. Very sweet. This is really good. A is how it reads from, or sorry, that's by this is really good. A. Yeah. Really riveting research. It's a riot. These two delve into the mysteries of the world and do their best to place the truth of the matter. Not only this, with the addition of their own theories into the mix, this investigative podcast really gets you scratching your head and wondering if there's something more to this crazy universe than meets the eye, as if they were Agent Mulder and Scully themselves. That was like the best compliment I've ever got in my life. Totally. Not only this, but uh, if you donate to them on Patreon, they treat their patrons right. I would definitely suggest adding this one to your list. This podcast is going places. Thank you so, so much. That's awesome. That is so sweet. I can't even, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and for the Patreon plug, that's friggin' awesome. Yeah. So yeah, go check us out on Patreon. We try. You know, we got those uh, new new sort of uh, swag going on there. We got some buttons. I am so excited. And some new stickers on the way. So yeah, I just got the like confirmation that it had shipped like yesterday. Oh yeah. Should be not too. Lots of cool stuff coming. Yeah. And then last but not least, we have this new idea. Ooh yeah. A new idea for you guys. We're not even really... It's, it's kind of a half-baked idea at this point, but we're really <laughs> stoked. We've been watching some crazy, like, awesome films related to the paranormal. We watched The Thing. Yes. Um, yeah, we did a special little recording with Zang This podcast yeah. in, related, in relation to that. So we're kind of thinking we might do, like a sort of a into the portal film club yeah we want to put together yeah like we'll do not even like reviews obviously we just want to chat about really cool just discussion yeah that are related to the genre so like horror sci-fi paranormal Mm -hmm. you know horror sci-fi combos which we love which was like the thing which we just watched oh yeah that Um, was such a really awesome i love how we got to compare the 1982 to the 2011 totally i love that kind of stuff yeah so stay tuned for that on zing this um that'll be coming out soon so you guys can uh, go check that out totally yeah um, but yeah, it's just, just kind of in the mix. Hey, right. we're going to be sort of... Because I know you guys all listening have all the, your favorite movies and all kinds of crazy stuff that you're mm-hmm. into. So this will be perfect for those types of suggest- suggestions and we can, we'll watch it and we'll all come together and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have a forum or whatever. And yeah. we thought it'd be really fun. So we're, uh, we might add an extra episode into the mix here. Uh, yeah, a little bonus every few weeks here or something there. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, let's, let's jump into this topic you because will. this is the preamble to October. Truly. It is. We are dis- <laughs> what are we discussing here today, Amber? We're discussing the witches of Mexico. And I I didn't I couldn't come up with her name. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Should we call it the it Monterey is. Witch? Should well, that's we? just it. It's like, we were thinking the Monterey Witch, because it was kind of sparked by this initial video. You're thinking Monterey Cheese. But you know what? Why don't you just read this quote? Because I think that gives a good indication of why the, it's sort of a blanket term, witches of central Mexico. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, this is a quote here from Santiago um, Uturia and Gabby Cifri, who have written extensively on the topic of uh, witches and this sort of phenomena in Mexico. Okay. They say alien phenomena and paranormal investigation in Mexico is currently in its prime. There is an awakening of consciousness and belief among Mexican people, media, and the government. We are establishing important precedents and unheard of advances in the study of these unexplainable incidents. End quote. So that's really interesting to me. I I think that's jam-packed full of like 
Yeah, there's a, that's ripe for discussion, it, for sure. It, it really is, because I feel like... I don't even know. I feel like we are kind of coming out of an age of um, sort of, like, mainstream skepticism, and we're sort of a little bit more ambiguous. Yeah. Just in, in a general sort of shift of, like, the cultural attitudes towards the paranormal and towards the unexplained. Totally. And even with this whole, like, you know, with um, the... Uh, Oh, what was it? The CIA that came out with like all those things just recently, like kind of like disclosure and all this kind of stuff of like okay. um, studies of paranormal phenomena and all this right. kind of stuff. And they're not really like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of there's an opening up in a sense, like yeah, and, yeah, and people an just opening being, up, pe- yeah. and yeah, people being more open. Yes, and it is part of just it is a cultural phenomenon in a way, but it is, it is it also is. because of. Uh, because of things like this, like what we're going to yes. discuss today, circumstances such as these. Yeah, and stories, really, video evidence. like Right, that really keep this conversation going. And essentially the crux of this episode is the question, do witches really exist? And no, I do not mean the classic sort of wide, wide brim hat, I'll catch you my pretty type witch. <laughs> yeah. Although that's... The Wizard of Oz kind of stuff. Right, right. <laughs> I'm talking about entities that have existed since pre-Hispanic contact. So before the Catholic tradition could create an even more kind of feared and convoluted creature in Mexico, you mm-hmm. know, that is for all intents and purposes, very, very, very real because it's a phenomena that people are experiencing. And it's a phenomena that has been experienced and feared for literally thousands of years, going back to the ancient Aztecs and Mayas. And we'll discuss that in a, a little bit later too. Mm-hmm. But it all kind of well, the thing is, is if you're in Mexico, maybe this discussion has been going on for much longer, obviously, mm-hmm. but it kind of got revamped in 2006 from the report of basically a video that came in and this got pumped out through the Mexican newspapers, but it was a video from the area of Monterey. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this, this was points to basically a resurgence in the belief in witchcraft and stuff like that. But should we... Should we go over that a little bit? Let's dive into it. Because okay. this was juicy. And if you go on YouTube and look at the footage. We've got it in our links, too. Yes. Like, we'll have it up on the website in we our do. sources, obviously. And you guys can find it so there. So you'll be the judge of what you... Because, like, there are a lot of things that have been thrown around as far as what it could potentially be. But let's let's get into the story. Okay, so, so the conversation was sparked again by this Central Eastern Mexico... Me- video from Central Eastern Mexico. Dated May 17th, 2006, okay, received by a Monterey television station, super, super controversial recording, which mm-hmm. was allegedly filmed near uh, Cerro de la Silla, which I don't know exactly Cerro where that is. Cerro de la Silla. Well, La Silla is window. I don't know what Cerro is. Is that like a canyon, do you think? Is that pointing to... It's not mountain, because that's montaña. Right. I wonder. <laughs> Harken back. Going back to our... Our, uh, our Spanish. Our, yeah. First couple of years the of university Spanish. But essentially, this is what the video shows. Mm-hmm. It shows a dark, just a very bizarre, dark object that is humanoid in appearance, moving through the air at a considerable rate of speed in a strange crouch-like position. <clears throat> the object more or less flies in a direct line, and at first is sort of visible in the blue sky back- backdrop, but then it kind of drops below the skyline and is partially sort of obscured by the kind of poor quality of the film and then the mountains itself. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to kind of tell at first the distance, but as it continues on, you can tell that this object is at a great distance and you're like, is. what is this thing? It's moving at a considerable rate too, and it's a very consistent rate. Yes. You don't see any dips or dives or any sort of bobbing or any sort of like turbulence, hey? Like it's just right. like it's on its track, which almost reminded me of... 
like, you know, like a clothesline, right? Like yeah. it's on like a track. Like a zip line. Exactly. Yeah. But the movement itself isn't, it just seems too controlled. I guess you could perhaps have some sort of electronic controlling device that it could be propelled along. Well, that's just it. This, you, this, this video has circulated found, right? for a long time now. True, so like 12 yeah. plus years. And it's been scrutinized by all kinds of different paranormal researchers, whether it's UFO researchers or just straight, you know, like... Mm-hmm. ghost investigators and paranormal investigators and stuff like that. It's pretty divided. One of the ones yeah. that was interesting was um, MUFON weighed in, one of a spokesman from MUFON in Mexico, mm-hmm. and essentially said that when speaking with experts, and I guess those would be weather experts, like meteorologists, that would essentially say that the wind speeds in that canyon were so are so high, especially at that time of year, yeah. apparently, mm-hmm. that for an object to fly so steadily at that rate of speed that's not, like, on a zip line, like, flying down the way would be really hard. Okay. So, if... Even, like, for, like, a drone-like thing, too, hey? Like it would that. have to be, like, military-grade drone. Yeah. Huh. Um, especially in 2006. True, it, yeah. Because, right. like, drone technology... Like, drones were so expensive in the early 2000s. They still are pretty expensive. They still expensive, are. But for, they're for definitely ones that more are, accessible now. Absolutely. But, but uh... Hmm. Yeah. So... They were looking at it from the perspective of, like, it is an unidentified aerial object. Yeah. And, and, and it's very, very... It's, it's so, like, the footage is very grainy. It's very hard to make out. Like, it does look humanoid. Yeah, like, kind of, like, hunched. Sitting on, I mean, a broom, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of does have that classic witch-like appearance. You don't see anything like broom like extending out from the sides though and and it's very interesting too like you described it as a dark object initially it is dark but then as it moves through the the sky and like the the scene and the frame and it goes and dips into like the more mountainous it's like kind of like a dry deserty looking whatever it it it, it lightens significantly yeah which is strange but i think that that was just the way the light, the natural light, or probably the sun was coming from that direction. Sure, so and the distance been... from the camera and whatever it could have been. That's a lot another of things, thing but... I was curious about with this too. Like, what was the actual sort of estimated distance it traveled? I didn't really see anything. That, yeah, any sources that came up with that. If anyone does know, or I anything. mean, uh, for sure, it traveled a significant distance. Mm-hmm. Like it was a pretty long. It's like, way. is it a craft? Is it a creature? That was kind of my right. main question right. too. So exactly, that's. Hmm. That's kind of the the, the MUFON involvement is, makes that question kind of more interesting for sure. But or what was was, was what, it military though? Like, maybe. But why? But what what kind of a military object would be shaped like a hunched over humanoid figure on a freaking stick? <laughs> but it's not on a stick, really. No, but it, I mean, but but that's what people when the video circulated. That's, that's why out. people jumped on which because yeah. because of its humanoid appearance hunched over, cloaked, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, the imagination can run wild with it, right? Yeah. Which is what makes this discussion in general so difficult. Real paranormal <sighs> phenomena versus fear and, it's in the and day, paranoia. Which is another weird thing. Yes, it is. Because a lot of the other um, accounts and eyewitness uh, events, that they all occur at night. Yeah, especially this next one. And yes. the, the reason that we started with the Monterey is because... It 2006, it kind of brought back up the stories that happened from a few years prior. And people prior. came forward with their stories yeah. as a result of it and just like, yeah, the increased media attention yeah. and all that. So in North America, so like on North north of the Mexican border, this next story really came like... Anyway, full force. Full force. Yeah. And this is interesting. Uh, we had a couple different reports that were quite 
thorough. I would say the one from Vice was quite good, as well as from Cryptopia, written by Rob Morphy. Yes, shout out to uh, Cryptonaut uh, Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry we forgot your promo a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Whoopsies. (laughs) Our bad. But yeah, yeah, there is, yeah, this one story that comes from Nuevo Leon, which is a, a province or like a state in Mexico, encompasses... Um, Guadalupe municipality as well as the Monterey. Yes. Um, so those are come up quite a bit as like hotspot areas, especially in the early 2000s. And so this account actually occurred in 2004. And it's basically been dubbed the Witch of Guadalupe, uh, Nuevo Leon, like I said. Right. So it was a police officer, uh, quite a young police officer, 21-year-old officer Leonardo Samaniego. Yep. He was on duty. Uh, this was in the early hours of January 16th, 2004. And he was in his car and just kind of cruising along at a low rate of speed. He was in a sort of a neighborhood, like a, a residential neighborhood. Very quiet, you yeah. know, like whatever. Just not a lot going on. <clears throat> um, yeah, okay. There was discrepancies, though. Like, the Vice article... I don't even know. Like, maybe... Well, no. Is Mexico City in Nuevo León, too? No, Mexico City is south. I mean, I it's feel, still central like it's, Mexico, yeah. but it's probably... I mean, yeah, geographically, it's definitely going to be a, a good few hours away. So, a few discrepancies, but most of the sources were saying Nuevo León. Okay. Anyways, it's not too caught up in that. But anyways, yeah, so it was around 3.15 a.m., Samaniego was making a turn onto Amaro Street in this neighborhood okay. when he saw a dark object drop from a tree, not at a rapid rate, but almost floating erratically. The object hung in the air instead of landing on the ground. And when the officer shone his light on the figure, what he saw would scar him for the rest of his life. What he saw were two deep, sunken, black pits of eyes that glared back at him menacingly. It was a dark-skinned thing. It slowly turned its head. Just, can you imagine that? Oh, my God. And it was framed by wads of frayed black hair. It had some sort of um, ragged black tunic. That's how it was described. Like, some sort of cloak. Yeah, some sort of a, yeah. That was draped over top of it. And actually, it's funny you said that in the very beginning. Of, oh, we're not talking the wide brim hat, but apparently this one did have some sort of dark wide hat on it, or at least what that's what it appeared like. Appeared either like. from a hood or a it was hood, a dark yeah. object on the head. Exactly, and could have been it could have been a pointed hood or it could have been a hat. Who knows? Right. But essentially, this thing, as soon as the lights came on it, it basically whirled on the officer as he was sitting in his cruiser. So it attacked his car. It did. It, yeah, flew towards him at a rapid rate and violently started banging on the the windshield of his car and trying to get into the vehicle. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a quote here from, uh, this is from, Uh, from from Samuel, right? Yeah. Should I read it up? Yes. I saw her when she turned around. She was completely black. She was a completely black shape. She made a full turn and the light in her eyes vanished. Her eyes were just black sockets without eyelids. Freaky. So that's a direct quote from the police. From Simon Diego. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, oh my gosh. So basically this guy, 
he panicked <laughs> to say the least. How else he, would you react in that situation? I obviously I would yeah, I do exactly what he did. He floored the vehicle in reverse. And he was basically just out of his mind with fear. This horrible thing continued to attack the front of his vehicle, clawing furiously through the glass. Or trying to. He right. couldn't break trying through. Trying to claw through the glass. Yeah. Semenyego actually managed to get a call to dispatch. Um, it was police officer Angelina Guerrero who actually received the dispatch. Right, okay. And he basically just like, yeah, his, he needed backup. His car had careened backwards um, down the street. He lost control, slammed into a wall. I'm assuming it was a concrete wall, not like a freaking like fence. Right. Lost consciousness while he was still trying to protect himself from this hag-like entity that was clawing and gnashing vigorously Ugh. at his like yeah. I, could you imagine that? Like it's like that's not a lot of space. Like you got one little like couple inches, and then there's the glass, and it's just glass. Like right. Imagine if he hadn't locked his car. When it's like in his panic, like didn't even think to like. Obviously, you have a some sort of a firearm on your hip. Like mm-hmm. doesn't even think to like grab that and shoot through the windshield. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's interesting though. Apparently, some like he believes that he was protected because he had a lady of Guadalupe, um, like a icon a of her, yeah, um, right. hanging in his rearview mirror. And it's interesting, yeah. Apparently, according to some accounts too, like he got off to dispatch what he was experiencing, but then other accounts, um, I saw like when police showed up, it was described that they were basically looking for a delinquent of some sort, some like you know wh- whoever was trying to like scare him or right. something. Right. Like, well, but, actually, you know, we actually didn't write that down here, but there was a small discrepancy between the dispatch and his story after the fact. Yeah. Like when he passed out. He, he thought he had passed out at a slightly different time, and I guess there was a little bit of... There was a small discrepancy in the described situation, but more or less, the point of the matter is that he was claimed to be attacked by a witch. Yeah. And he essentially, when backup arrived on the scene, yeah, they assumed that there was a delinquent involved ca- but, that yeah. caused the surprise attack. But obviously, no, yeah, no, no one ever turned up. No hoaxers assumed responsibility. And if you were going to make that... If you were going to hoax, that's... Okay, that's an first, elaborate hoax. First of all, super elaborate. Also, super committed. It's mm-hmm. 3 o'clock in the morning. And okay, it's a police officer. And this is a cop. And it's a cop. I mean, I mean, like, it doesn't even matter where in the world. Like, But it's like, if you're going to... Okay. That, that's that's a, You're asking to get shot. If you're... Right? Are you not? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're, if you're pulling a prank like that. I'm actually amazed he never actually opened fire. I guess he just didn't want to open the... He was just too panicked, the, right? Yeah. Or that's a recipe for getting run over. Oh, yeah. True. Like, as a prank, too. Yeah. That's, you got to be absolutely out of your mind to pull that as a prank. Yeah. As a hoax. And it's interesting because he, man, he did obviously describe it as a witch-like female entity of sorts. Right. And he was very open about it too. It was only he had another, like, you know what I mean? Like he just, he, that's all he had to say. And if you're gonna, and the other part of it too is like, say he accidentally fell asleep at the wheel and accidentally floored it in reverse and, and crashed his car. And then he woke up and he was like, oh shoot, I, you know, basically that big mess up. Right. But, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's a pretty freaking elaborate story. That's a super elaborate story. Also, he called the people arrived on scene. It wasn't even like he reported it the next day. Uh, Samaniego was given both drug and psychological tests and assessments, both of which proved that he was of sound mind. Right. So it's like Mm -hmm. later. Yeah. He would later surmise that he, he, yeah. Yeah. That it was just because of the lady of our lady of Guadalupe, that that was why he was safe. But he was not drunk. He was not on drugs. 
And that was the official report from the police. Yeah. So I I want to believe his story. And the fact that he is a police officer, you know, like that does add some legitimacy, I would say. Like you do have some... <laughs> You have your, I mean, your personal really reputation young. on the line. He's really young, but yeah, True. you're putting your reputation on the line for sure. And it's like know, the details yeah. of it. So it's like no eyelids. What's up yeah, with that? Yeah, that's messed up, man. You know what I mean? Like what? Like How would you... Like are these added details later, perhaps? If you want to take the skeptical point of view that he was just trying to cover his ass and just didn't... That's a terrible way to cover your ass. <laughs> it is. But at the same time, it's like it's so outlandish that maybe it's just... Like, I wonder what happened to him if he was reprimanded at all or anything. No, 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 he wasn't. And and the thing is, too, he is not the only officer to come forward with a story. No, he's not. Mind you, there were other people, too, like that Norma Hernandez account, which was kind of brief, but essentially Cryptopia covered that, too, where she was just doing her laundry. This happened about a few weeks after the encounter with um, Semenyego. Yeah, Leonardo. (laughs) Semenyego. But yeah, Norma, she was doing laundry, hanging it up outside at night. So this is, well, was it at night? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. Like in the evening or like, yeah. it's not at three o'clock in the she morning. She saw a dark entity soaring above her in the night sky. It was a black form as she described it. She ran inside and her husband was inside watching TV or something. And he just like, just scoffed at her. And then he, she went out again to track and see, but it was gone. She said it was about the size of a person. So that's kind of so bizarre. So again, a humanoid entity flying very much like the 2006 video. I wonder if if it looked cloaked. Like, we didn't really get too much of a description. Black form. A black form, I mean, form, you would think yeah. that that would mean some sort of a cloak. Soaring. Like, is it like a lumpy figure? Does it have wings? Is it, like, you know what I mean? Like, and does soaring mean, like, straight line, like, non-ballistic motion? Like, mm, just mm-hmm. kind of like the 2006 video where it is traveling almost along, like, what would look like a zip line, but it couldn't be because there's nothing it could be attached to. And also that would be so easy to figure out, obviously. Right. Like it would be, yeah, it would become pretty obvious unless you, I don't even know. Yeah. And she said, quote, I mean, it was the size of a person and that's what frightened me the most. Mm -hmm. Like if it would have been smaller or bigger, that would be less frightening. But the fact that it looked like a human shape and that is, that is honestly to me, like, in so much of all all the things we cover, and especially when it comes to things like witches and, and entities like that, mm-hmm. that is just... the it, it, They are the abject, right? Because yeah. it, it looks like a human mm-hmm. for all... Right? But it's but not. But it isn't. It's like a dark, dark sort of demonic version. Yeah. Oof. <sighs> Shivers. <laughs> yeah. So, and then her sighting was corroborated by another neighbor named Ferrino Gutierrez. So this oh, was a local okay. resident who had seen similar flying entities in the neighborhood f- literally for years. So he's one of the people who can truly attest that central Mexico is a place where these, where these, these beans, I don't even know where they're just super common. That yeah. is a question I can't answer. Like, why is it only in, I mean, there's definitely towns and places that are mm-hmm. known for you know, witches and warlocks and making potions and almost more of a shaman, the shamanistic side of witchcraft, mm-hmm. not so much the straight, unexplainable, paranormal experiences. Yeah. Those seem to happen in these particular places in central Mexico. And mm-hmm. that to me is just so absolutely bizarre. I wonder how, like, the nucleus of this, how close it is to 
that zone of silence that is in Mexico that is also considered to be like a sort of like a hot spot as far as like anomalies related technology it has like a heightened sort of um electromagnetic field that really actually <laughs> nasa discovered that it's a great place for shooting off rockets apparently crazy that yeah really yeah weird, weird hey that yeah. is weird yeah anyway huh. side note <laughs> but well, i because like you could maybe perhaps explain some of this with perhaps maybe disruptions in like if of, there's going to be some sort of Force. I don't even know, like interdimensionality or something that it might be more likely in a place where the energies of the earth are different. Is that what you're saying? Sort of? Yeah, clearly. Right. Lane lines. <laughs> Am I boring you, Amber? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a really late night. You know night what? We had a late night. I, we, <laughs> and we were Skyping. Shout with out to the... our, buddy, uh, our buddy Wes in yeah. Australia because we came home and we were. Uh, it was like 1.30 our time, and he was he's out in Australia, and he was waiting for his uh, National Rugby League championship game to start, so we, <laughs> we, were, we Facebook videoed with him for a bit. Retired. Facebook video. That's weird. Facebook chat. I've never done that before. No. Weird. Yeah. It actually worked pretty well. It, yeah, it was pretty good quality. But anyway. But yeah, sorry. If I, to, if I do yeah. yawn, it's not because... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of that. It's just because I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> More coffee. Mass uh, coffee. Yes. Mass coffee, please. Both so, like you said before, though, um, Leonardo Samaniego wasn't the only police officer no. to experience this. And just like the Monterey video, it, there was another um, instance in, two, in 2006. Mm-hmm. So, this actually came out um, a little later on. The actual story was released in, um, in the morning newspaper of uh, Monterey, I believe. Okay. Yes, of Monterey. So, literally, like, the the Monterey Daily newspaper or whatever. The Daily. So, September 19th, 2006, Gerardo Garza, a policeman from Santa Catarina, claimed to have seen two witches while on a routine patrol near a neighborhood cemetery in Monterey. So, the police officer and his partner had a run-in with not one, but two. I can't believe it. Like, that seems so strange to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second. I'm... Yeah, this is bizarre. Not one, but two entities... That have become synonymous with the region of Monterey and Central Mexico, as we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. And he really only could describe them as witches after the fact because of their humanoid appearance. So this guy had five years of seniority, and people were really surprised when he came forward with this story because because of that. And hmm. you know, especially people in the police department, he put his reputation on the line very much. Leonardo did. Yeah. So. Anyway, this is essentially how it went. So crazy. Sorry. Like, no, no, go just, for it. Just before we get into his account, it's just like we start off, right? The the resurgence of belief in authorities like the police, like the government. Yeah. Like a lot of these investigations are government sanctioned kind of things. Like. Yeah. No, they are. It's crazy. It's just ubiquitous. it's been that way for a long over. time. And yeah. it still is. Yeah. It's just, it's played down now. Like more so than it was in even the 1950s, 1960s, where witch hunts were still very much a thing. Really? Yes. Only in like certain places. Like burning at the stake kind of stuff? I don't know about burning at the stake, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Let's get into Garza's account. Right. So Garza's run-in with these supernatural entities occurred near the Pantheon Municipal Cemetery, a short distance from the road um, that's basically leading to Villa Garcia. So just a neighborhood. Okay. The officer was in um, in the guardhouse. So park, car parked, guardhouse would essentially be one of their spots like a where they like station, yeah. I picture it as like the security guard little spots around town they, where they can stop in and Mexico is interesting for that. They have a lot of like roadside guard like like they're literally like 
on like the like you know they'll have like little boxes almost looks like a little toll booth except it's like boxes where they're stationed like especially along highways and major roads and stuff okay remember when i was in mexico just like as a tourist and noticing quite a bit of that and they carry big guns oh (laughs) yeah like big guns so i'm amazed yeah i don't know We, we don't really hear any accounts of people being like shooting at these entities yeah, which is like you could maybe use that as an argument that it's a hoax or an, or or the opposite that they're so petrified, like yeah. Samaniego's experience. Yeah, doesn't bust out the gun because he's just. Well, you have to it. shoot through his windshield too. So that do would what be, you got to do. That would be exposing you potentially as well. Like, what if bullets are meaningless? And then yeah, your and then your windshield's broken. And then, yeah. And then what? That's a big what if, I guess. I mean, like, are there pe- other people out there that have just never come back? Like, is there missing persons? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if we if we dug deeper into this, and maybe we will, maybe we'll get people that reach out. If you are a listener from Mexico, or if you're super into witchcraft stories, and you know mm. of other things related to or witchcraft and missing and... persons cases and stuff, please let us know. Oh, we'd love. We'll to definitely hear dig into that. Yeah. So anyway, the officer was in the guardhouse and he heard essentially the sound of rocks being thrown at the door or something similar to that. So he goes outside to see what's going on what's causing the banging. And to his horror, he saw something completely unexpected. Mm -hmm. He comes around the corner to see two hag-like entities that (laughs) seem to be women wearing dark cloaked hoods and and or hats and basically cackling. (laughs) Making an almost screeching sound that he would later attribute to, like, a cackle. <laughs> so, we are kind of getting into the realm of why Bram had I'll catch yeah. you my pretty type witches. A little bit. But that is potentially the... Where's just the, the Catholic lens, where's right? Where's the boiling that's, cauldron? <laughs> well, but you know what? That's But that, that's the European interpretation, Catholicism's yeah. demonic, like, archetypal witch. True. You know what I mean? Yes. And so when that's the lens you have to look as these de- devoted Catholics these guys are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what you see. That's what you end up seeing. It's very, I don't know. The beliefs are very syncretic. Right. And, and incorporate, yeah, Mesoamerican tradition and the Judeo-Christian, as well as um, African traditions as well. Right. This is what he had to say. This was a quote. They had red eyes, and they had what I thought were feathered wings and claws on the ends of those extremities. And obviously this is translated from Spanish. Okay. They began laughing horribly screeching horribly and I got back into the guardhouse and when I saw through the people was terrifying they were flying in circles so I reported this situation to my fellow officers and I put in quotes here below reported might be sort of the a poor translation because uh, soon very soon after the area was filled with police cars responding to his frantic calls so I don't think it was so much like hey guys uh, I saw uh, you know you might want to pop down here uh yeah, I think it was a little bit more extreme than that. Anyway. So they're flying in circles. What are they flying around? Like, they're just flying around the cemetery? <laughs> Obviously, they were... Red eyes. Like my thinking wings. of this is, like, if you believe that this... If you believe this to be a real sighting of something paranormal, it's at a cemetery, clearly ingredients are being harvested. Oh, you think? Or something like that. I mean, mm. what else would you be at a cemetery for? Well, if even you're a witch. performing some sort of ritual or ceremony. Of right, sorts. but like a corpse is essential for whatever you're doing, obviously. Maybe, yeah. Well, you're not there for the freaking McDonald's drive through. Well, yeah. Or maybe it was like recently um, interred bodies that have become these demonic witch like entities. Because that's maybe. something that's kind of. 
for me, like, there is a discrepancy between these accounts and then what we get, we're going to get into with, like, warlocks and people that are self-proclaimed witches and practice witchcraft. Because these aren't people, like, that are claiming to be able to transform themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Or maybe some of them. We just didn't hear those accounts. <laughs> we didn't come across that. Maybe. But anyways, Gerardo, hey, he, he's, he was having a real time. <sighs> he basically said after this that the witches flew off, but the officers that came to, that responded, uh, saw what he saw and can attest to the fact that I, that I quote, I didn't imagine anything. What hmm. I saw was real. I'd never been so scared before. So shortly after this, he was taken to hospital. His blood pressure was so low that they kept him there. He was in complete shock, and his entire state was documented by and, and corroborated by first responders who took him to the hospital. First responders? So was he the only one to witness it, though? Well, that's where it's like, I we got this from a couple different sources. It's pretty... To be, to be honest, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. We didn't get the account of his partner. Oh. Um, who he was supposedly on patrol with. Hmm. But maybe that, that that could have been incorrect from the account that I looked at. Maybe he was alone, similar to Samaniego, because he was on patrol by himself. Yeah. The police officer and his partner, who is not even... Unless, not even unless what happened is, like, he's in the guardhouse, his partner's in the car, which mm-hmm. is, like, not in view of what's happening. Okay. Right? I mean, that would be my expl- only explanation for that. Like, he's in the guardhouse, hears something strange, goes out and looks, sees what he sees, runs back inside. His partner's still parked parked across the road or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that, that is a possibility. That but is again. still very, very, very odd. And another cop. And just, yeah, shortly after this, um, the Monterey, the, the video in Monterey. Short, so what, it was so, about four months after because the video in Monterey yeah. was dated to, oh my gosh, May. Right. May 17th. What? Okay, so May 17th, 2006, sorry. Right. And then this is, oh, the 19th, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be, so September 19th. September 19th. I thought it was going to so be another it's 17. A, it's a few months later, yeah. Okay. If it was the 17th, though, that would be a weird freaking That would be a weird coincidence. So what the heck are these guys seeing? Like, what is this? You know what I mean? And so I yeah. kind of dug up a couple of things mm. on just witches of old world Mexico, because mm-hmm. it's like, to me, it's like, you know, are there just supernatural entities that have existed here for millions of years or hundreds of thousands of years, right? And this is just being interpreted, interpreted in one particular way in these experiences. I don't know. But the concept of witchcraft and sorcery has been prevalent in Mesoamerica existing way back to the formative Olmec years and possibly even much earlier. So the Olmec are the oldest known civilization in that area yeah yeah they predate the maya and aztec and all that stuff okay Mm -hmm. and uh i mean but these are yeah they're they're traced to those periods as well the classical periods of the maya and the late post-classic central mexican periods of those those civilizations right okay but what i found was that there's a belief from that that stems from ancient mesoamerica of like basically vampire witches and they're not exactly the same as the interpretation that we're talking about so far where it's like oh maybe demonic. though like the the semaniego like that definitely sounds like something that's trying to rip at him yes, and it get does. him very much so like obviously the 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 one from 2006 was kind of different because that he wasn't actually being attacked he just witnessed it right but this actually might fit with what you're about to dive into there possibly mm. actually yeah that's a good point maybe, maybe there's it does. multiple things going on here maybe freaky stuff freaky freaky Anyway, 
in the early, but like I said earlier though, like the investigation into witchcraft has, has been going on for a long time in central Mexico. In the early 1950s, government workers um, that were assigned to the vital records department in, in the central Mexican state of Taxcala. Mm. Is that how you pronounce that? Um, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> sure. They kept noticing a really strange phrase that was marked on the lot, the cause of death line on death certificates that were coming in. Mm-hmm. They kept noticing, and this was especially on um, infant deaths, but also on ad- young adults as well. The insidious phrase was chupado por la bruja, or translation, sucked by the witch. Sucked clean. Was literally what people were writing on death certificates for their loved ones. Okay. So this find ended up resulting in an investigation into rural areas by the state authorities because this was so messed up. The issue was Mm. becoming so extreme. It eventually led to a law being passed in 1954 by the state legislator requiring municipal authorities to report these causes that were marked by sucked by the witch to medical authorities for further investigation because they were so concerned with what was going on. I have a sort of reply to that or a hypothesis. Sucked by the bruja. Okay, so we're getting into this a little bit more, but a lot of traditional Mesoamerican ideas associated with witchcraft and sorcery involve transformation into animalistic entities or beings. Um, Can incorporate multiple animals, can be half human, half animal, all this kind of stuff. So transformation, big trope. But what if these people were actually, like they said, being sucked by the witch? So they're being, like, sucked by something. What if it's actually vampire bats? And because, like, if you think about it, they could think that a, the witch has transformed into a bat and is sucking them. And then, as, as a result, perhaps these people are contracting rabies or other disease, venereal diseases, from these creatures. And then, as a result, dying. Especially like in ancient, like in old time, like that would be yeah. the folklore tale. Of yeah, that. The, that, like, the, the, the witch transformed into a bat and sucked on my blood while I was sleeping, and then you wake up and you've got these these markings. That on would you. make sense for the infant deaths because, like, because hey, mm-hmm. I remember watching a documentary way back in the day on. So it's moms. not like you're sucked dry. No, you're just, totally. Yeah. But in terms of vampire bats, though, I remember going to the library with my mom, public library, when I was a little kid, and renting this VHS on monsters, and one of the parts of it was on vampires. <laughs> And I always remember them talking about vampire bats and, like, the stigma around them. Yeah. And how, like, the way that they get their blood is essentially, like, way less invasive than, like, a mosquito even. They, like, they give you a little... They, they'll land on, like, the back of a horse mm-hmm. or something and give them, like, a tiny little nip that they don't even feel. And mm-hmm. then they're just, like, chilling there and lick it up. So I... They just kind of, mm-hmm. like, lap it up. It's not so much, like, sucking the blood. Mm-hmm. But I picture that for... If you have, like, a sick infant or younger kids, especially in old More world vulnerable. Mexico, vulnerable yeah. people, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that definitely becoming a folklore I tale. just, that just popped in my head because I was just reading about that and the whole idea of, yeah, animal transformation. And totally. Associated. But anyways, that's just a, a possible explanation. No, I love that. It <laughs> is linked to animal transformation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so just for geographic reference, um, Taxcala is a small state in central Mexico, so this is just east of Mexico oh, okay. City. Mm-hmm. And this was the site of pre-con- a pre-conquest kingdom called, like, Taxcala. So okay. this is part of the Aztec, and uh, incorporated into the Aztec Empire. Huh. So this is where the origin of this vampire witch originates. Okay. And it's basically called, I am going to butcher this, but it's a, it's kind of a tough word to pronounce. Tlahuelpuchi. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to call it a vampire witch. Okay, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the story goes, the legends go, that people can be born 
these vampire witches, mm-hmm. or you can become one later on. Mm. Almost in the sense that, like, similar to a Wendigo, kind of, in a way. Yeah. Like, you can become one. Or Skinwalker. Or Skinwalker. tradition. Very mm-hmm. much so. And which are witches, for all intents and purposes. They're definitely equated a lot of the times with sorcery, witchcraft, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But a very direct consequence of something like committing murder or whatever. Right. Or for, if you're Wendigo, consuming human flesh. Right. <laughs> anyway. So you remain that way until you're dead. There's no, neither a god <laughs> nor devil can erase what so has been done So you're born like that. Can you be made into it? Though? Yeah, like if you're bitten, I suppose it, that's, oh. this is where the story changes, right? So it's like, this is where the European tropes are kind of take okay. over and it's hard to distinguish. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. The point is that the ancient, this ancient vampire witch was pre-Hispanic and, okay. s- and it needed human blood to survive. More specifically, the blood of infants is what it desired most. Hmm. So one of the main powers of these vampire witches is their ability to shapeshift, just like you were just talking about, mm-hmm. changing into a, vi- a variety of different creatures to fit whatever situation they're in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, very much like the skinwalker. Yep. So they can be killed, but it's a very complicated thing. And this has become, this is where the incorporation of European beliefs mm. has been brought in. The wooden stake, the cross are now the weapons of choice. Okay. If you would have looked a few thousand years back, that that would not have been the case. Right. They would have had their own symbology. Right. They would have had own. to conjure their own positive entities to whatever, to, to fight, off, fight it off or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... But, like, much like the Europeans and even the early American colonists, obviously, they they were killing mostly women. Some men, for this, there was massive witch hunts in the, in central Mexico, and people were being executed and prosecuted for this all the way up into the 1970s. The last known one, the last known execution of a vampire witch was in 1973. That is not that long ago. What? That's kind of crazy. Yes, it is. You know, I'm just... Yeah. This is with real authority... This is with the state authorities involved. State authorities. Okay. So that's where we're getting government sanctioned. concerning. (laughs) That is actually. And you can interpret that in so many different ways, right? As far as the uh, dominance of women being targeted too. Like that sort of like gender politics in a certain regard. Very true. But, you know, it's interesting because in sort of traditional Mesoamerican cultures... It was more of a matriarchy type of organization yes, of society. Yeah. So it, it, women had a lot more power. They had a lot more agency. So maybe in, I don't even know, like you always get into like sort of like I feel like this is relations between genders, that type of totally. stuff. Like you I, never know. Like I feel like this is just out of pure fear though. Very much the same fear that people would have been feeling in those early Puritan colony, colonists. Right? But why are they so fearful? What is the cause of that fear? Is it the power of it's, the individual to sort of like... No, it's people physically disappearing or children being what they believe to be being killed by a, a legitimate vampire witch. The question to me is like if it's got to be a mix. It's always a mix in situations like this of legitimate paranormal entities mm-hmm. or legitimate paranormal experiences and what you're talking about, like historical people sort of jumping on a bandwagon, targeting people that don't necessarily need to be targeted or whatever. Right. But my question with this, with these, with this, the Thylapucci, (laughs) does this, is this ancient vampire, witch at all linked to these modern sightings? I honestly think that that one, the, the one that I mentioned, the San Diego, that could, could quite possibly be a modern encounter with one of these things. Very much so. The other thing we didn't mention about his experience was that at the exact same time, oh. there was a ritual cleansing taking yes. place 
taking place because of a young woman, I believe, that yeah. had been that was being stalked and harassed by a witch. And her like grandma or something decided to do this ritual this right. ceremony. It was essentially like I mean Did anything really happen though in the ceremony? Did they did they witness anything that was unusual or any sort of demonic entity that sort of that entered I the... can't remember. They definitely touched on that in on uh, the oh, Flying the... Fiends of Mexico episode of Kryptonaut podcast. Right. They briefly co- they briefly mentioned that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to take you guys should go check that episode out too. It's the really good. Flying fiends. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like an episode of Scooby Doo in like totally like the best way possible. Like it I, does. I love it. Love it. Anyways, it's, yeah. But <sighs> that is. But uh, yeah, I mean the, the the black magic element of that makes me think about this right because are these entities at all linked to that? Could these things be conjured by what is interpreted now as modern black magic that has mm. a Catholic overtones? You know what I mean. Yeah, so you, yeah, it's hard to now separate the, the sort of melding of all these traditions, the Judeo-Christian, the syncretism of all these belief systems, right? Yeah. And it's funny because when you start to look into the culture of witchcraft and sorcery in Mexico, you're looking at less of a traditional Mesoamerican conception and more so a syncretic sort of voodoo-esque kind of yeah. witchery. voodoo Santeria, yeah. exactly. And so a lot of what we uncovered about this culture was very reminiscent of the voodoo episode we covered, right? Mysteries of voodoo, yeah. uncovering, like, you know, like kind of unmasking the whatever sort of common misconceptions of all that. Yeah. And so you do get this concept of the bruja that is in practice very closely associated with um, African traditions of voodoo and and traditional Mesoamerican, but things right. like the ceremonies, man, like the all the weird stuff they use, all the ingredients. Like there was one um, account I read about a guy who who basically came to this guy who was a warlock, a self proclaimed warlock, and he was asking for a ritual cleansing, which is the most common form of magic practice by these brujas, witches, right. is what is the right. Spanish word, or Spanish? Yeah, no, bruja, yeah. Spanish, yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry. But, um, yeah, so basically what he did was this um, this warlock, he performed a ceremony where he basically, like, rubbed eggs all over the man. He, like, um, there was he was sitting on a six-pointed star with, like, um, a, a picture of the St. Andrews and then um, I think it was the Virgin Mary on the other side or something like that. And just very reminiscent of the traditions we saw coming, like, you know, like, from New Orleans, like, in the south yeah. of the U.S. Yeah. and across the Caribbean, uh, totally. all that kind of stuff. But it's very interesting. So there is a central sort of city called Catamaco, which is basically the hotspot for magic. And there's this one mountain in particular. It's called uh, Mono Blanco Mountain. And it's said to emit a kind of energy. So basically, Catamaco has become the hub of witchery and magic. There is a festival that occurs once a year. I think it's the third or sorry, the first Friday of every March. And it's known as the International Congress of Witches. Cool. Which is very interesting. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, lots of vendors too. So it's been highly commercialized and all that. Right. But there are tons of warlocks and witches there. Some of them are obviously kind of more hoaxers. Some of them are a little bit more legitimate in the eyes of 
the people there. Right. Um, but they perform healing ceremonies. They um, concoct juju cures for illnesses, maladies, um, spiritual cleansings, all this kind of stuff. Very cool. There was this one account from a girl who went to see. It was that same warlock that I just mentioned in the previous story. Yeah. But she basically said that her boyfriend of five years had run off with some other woman. And she wanted him back because she wanted revenge. And she wanted to control him. So it was very voodoo-esque, right? Very like trying so. to sort of send out a curse to kind of, yeah, sort of contract the sort of human behavior you want to see or whatever yeah and of course a lot of this like there's so many so many people that'll take advantage of these beliefs and stuff and and basically tell people that they're they have um a hex on them or they have a curse and then they need to pay them an obscene amount of money in order to remove this thing but anyway sorry that's kind of like a lot of that culture is seen and there's people around like basically like um there was this one reverend that i saw interviewed and he was basically saying that right like it's just a bunch of tricksters and whatever just trying to like take advantage of people's superstitions but there is some people that definitely add legitimacy and 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 do still like believe this to their core absolutely and so a lot of these people will participate in this very interesting ceremony. And it kicks off the International Congress of Witches. It's known as Black Mass. Mm. And everyone gathers in the dark in this by this cave where the devil is known to visit. I'm assuming this cave is on the Mono Blanco Mountain that sort of overlooks the whole city. Okay. And so, yeah, it starts with a ceremonial um, burning of a six-pointed star at the mouth of the cave. And it's part of a sort of a ritualistic cleansing of auras. So that's kind of cool. I thought, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of, it's to ward off evil, not to sort of bring it in. Mm-hmm. So we will get into the whole, like, yeah, there's white magic white and magic black magic. White magic and black magic. Exactly. The, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and this, well, the interesting thing about this part of the discussion, too, is, like, these are real people practicing magic. Like, yeah. practicing witchcraft. And so, like, to me, that's an, that's a, when we're trying to figure out, like, what the heck these things were that, say, the police officers saw. Yeah. Like, for example, there's the distinction for me between, like, are these... these okay, there's... To me, there's... In my mind, there's three sort of versions. I guess I should save this for the theories, but it's, like, is it potentially <laughs> witches that are very much people who have mastered black magic? Mm-hmm. And have and it in their act, blood, so to speak, and their right. traditions are passed down from their relatives right. and their family. There's that. Then there's purely supernatural demonic entities manifesting as humanistic humanoid whatever just like that's spiritual how, forces in because the world. we see the abject like that's what we mm-hmm. see because that's our human lens is to see that yeah. as a demonic entity so there's that pure supernatural or people that are cursed which is supernatural mm-hmm. as well but is it are these witches people who have been hexed or have been condemned or what i'm kind of seeing more so is sort of a bipolar split between like we said like so there's people that do practice magic there's people that practice white magic sort of like what you would see deem as like good magic like curing like shamanism exactly and then there's the bad black sort of sorcerers that sort of maybe through these types of um rituals and ceremonies they bring about these demonic sorts of right they can things they can facilitate the crossing over or whatever exactly so what what these people have seen in the video and in other accounts like eyewitness accounts like those two officers i feel like maybe they're seeing the manifestation of evil they're not seeing a witch per se you know what i mean they're seeing Hmm. maybe the spiritual manifestation if that makes sense so it's metaphysical is what you're saying i would say so rather than 
like it's like, metaphysical a entity, but with a, blood but a physical experience. Yeah. Right. Which is a tough kind of uh, thing to wrap your head around in a way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Adam. It really, it, it's so interesting though, because like, <laughs> it's very, okay. So this guy, there was this one NY Times article that I read and just to sort of bring back to like, yeah, the idea of like, how, how would you kill a man? How would you bring about this black magic? What are the sort of ritual objects used? And according to this one guy who's a self-proclaimed warlock, the same guy I was talking about earlier, his name's Alejandro Galejos Garcia. Okay. And he explains um, that you can kill a man quite simply with magic. And all you need is hmm, hmm. a black cloth doll, some thread, a human bone, and a toad. And you must ask the devil's permission in person at the cave in the hills where he's said to appear. So that right. same cave in Catamaco. Right. And so, so you have to ask the devil. That's purely you have to Catholic, ask, obviously. Exactly, yeah. So, so you, that's 100% not... So that's where the syncretism comes in, right? And then, yeah. And then, okay, so he says here... Yeah, so you have you have the doll, you lash the bone to the doll, you shove it down the toad's throat, sew it up with the thread, and uh, and then you take it to a graveyard and recite the proper words, and then you'll basically, you'll curse someone to death. Right. So maybe that's why, what's his name was seeing in 2006 in the graveyard? He was seeing Somebody, some sort of ceremony. That actually ceremony. makes sense. It's so crazy, because like, there's so many things that we would associate with more traditional European witchery and witchcraft and stuff. Right. Things like using um, all sorts of, like, weird oils extracted from, like, different creatures, rattlesnakes, lizards, turtles, dried tongues of um, chickens, coyotes, fish, all this weird stuff. But very, yeah. very similar to, like, right, what we saw with voodoo and magic there. Yeah. I love this, all of this. Like, it's all so weirdly blended together, but gross and like just like yeah. not not gross as in like you know but like very no, but it is though it's it's it's, it's very, very much like uh oh like yeah. gritty and like it reminds me of the witch right like the movie the witch yeah. where this was basically it was puritan like new england era setting all that so yeah. not even remotely related to anything to do with mesoamerican culture no, no. still witchery though yeah and like the the types of like gross like you know like the it's just like gory and just like really primeval Primordial? Primordial. Like, what's the no, word yes, I'm that for? is like, the word just, because there's always a need for there's always a need for fluid, right? Yeah, always and a getting need for, dirty. Like, the, yeah. like you're just like you're covered in all this stuff, and like yeah, and they rub stuff all over you when you participate in these ceremonies and stuff. Right. It's very. Oof. And this it brings up the question that we've touched on a lot, mm-hmm. which is like, to, to what extent does like the belief actually man- manifest a physical rea- a physical reaction, exactly. a phys- something something real? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, even going back to that one, um, that one bo- or man I mentioned that wanted to, he went to that guy, the warlock, to get a ritual cleansing, and he had all this stuff, like, rubbed all over him, and he was saying, like, how he was experiencing inside all these, like, this tension and all this, like, weird sort of, like, um, uncomfortable, like, feelings, and then uh, closer to the end, he just started to feel really light and really, like, really, like, just better. Just yeah. cleansed, yeah. which is weird, right? So, like, all this weird stuff that's happening to him physically is sort of manifesting spiritually as well on the inside. Right. Is that a really weird way of saying all that? I <laughs> 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 was, like, overly complicated. Oh. Maybe. I'm just, like, talking through this out loud. That's all right. But, I guess we're yeah. sort of migrating towards our discussion and theories section here. Yeah. Very true. And you have uh, some interesting stuff on sort of, like, oh, pre-Hispanic yes. Mexican magic. Well, I came across this one 
person named Jeremy Coltman. He's currently working on a doctorate in anthropology at the University of California. Okay. So he's studied this topic quite a bit, very extensively. And so more so pertaining to ancient Mesoamerican cultures. Okay. Uh, but no, yeah, he basically says, this is a quote from him, he says, notions of witchcraft and sorcery are considerably ancient in Mesoamerica. So just like you said earlier, hey? And um, it extends back to the formative Olmec and most likely even earlier. Such notions, however, are more identifiable among classic Maya and late post-classic central Mexico. So, yeah, Maya, Aztec, that type of thing. But it's very interesting because there is, again, going back to this whole animalistic sort of side of stuff, there's this concept of the Wahi. And this is sort of a classic uh, Mayan magical concept that's basically... It's more spiritual and less sort of like witchery or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But essentially, they're these spirits. They're they're depicted all over the place. So they're on walls. They're in on vases, like vessels, all sorts of things. Yeah. And they're these spiritual sort of weird things that basically can take several forms. Like they can be a bat, a monkey, canine, jaguar. But it's kind of just known to represent like companion spirits or coessences of people. Ooh. So maybe in a sense, like if you do undertake some sort of transformation related to this, like I don't even know, like maybe the type of creature you turn into determines whether you're like maybe. more on the good or evil side or how does this even happen? <laughs> See, but that's that's profiling animals though too. That reminds me back that that's a throwback to the, another Zeng this uh, collab we did where you got the rat. <laughs> As your Patronus from the oh Harry gosh. Potter episode, and you were what just like so choked, and it's like you know what rats are great; they're resourceful. I mean, they they're not are. great; they spread disease. Well, they are, but they're the respectful. Are... I mean, or they're, I can respect them. Is what, I, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're respectful. They're so respectful and polite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So that was just one sort of um, ancient magical concept that we see remnants of today that have yeah. sort of been. I don't even know if I want to say, like, they've been sort of antiquitized. Like, they're not really, like, relevant anymore in today's sort of culture. Mesoamerican culture. But um, there was another sort of, like, interesting tidbit. These are all just little tidbits. They're not directly... But they are related to magic right. in pre-Hispanic Mexico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was the idea of, like, um, decapitation being associated Ooh. with ritual magic in more so Mayan culture. Yeah. Uh, and, and to just like go back to the Wahi, many of these are depicted near head racks, the Wahi, like the spiritual animal type things. Right. And they hold, um, decapitated human heads. But it's interesting because heads in Mayan culture are representative of personhood. So kind of like the soul of the person. So it's almost like they've captured the soul. I see. And. That makes sense. For yeah. It's almost like a trophy in a certain but anyways, Coltman says here, he says, in Costa Rica specifically, so this is a little bit further down south, yeah. uh, trophy heads may have been both perpetrators and objects involved with sorcery, while among the, oh, sorry, he goes to Ecuador too, among the Javaro of Ecuador, heads are taken as a direct response to witchcraft and sorcery. Hmm. So I'm not sure if he means that the head would belong to the individual that is a witch, and it's kind of like the, you know what I mean, the... <laughs> like the, the removal, the... Getting rid of the yeah, witch. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the way to cleanse it. Right. That doesn't mm, seem like... Or defeat it. Hmm. Just oh. straight decapitating it. I, I feel know. like we should draw upon Hugo de Burgos for this, our, one of our favorite... We may have to. Favorite. Uh, <laughs> say favorite. Hey, he is famous. He's our he's favorite famous and he's famous. and he's our favorite. <laughs> yeah. He's also... Uh, yeah, our, uh, old, an old uh, anthropology professor we had... 
from UBC. We should definitely bring him on, maybe for a bonus episode. Oh, that'd be so much Because he specializes in um, Mesoamerican, uh, ancient Mesoamerican cultures and... Mm-hmm. Shamanism. Um, shamanism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Dang, we should reach out to him. Well, but speaking of um, people in anthropology, mm-hmm. I had this little, an interesting story from uh, Dr. Zabaleta. It was the name of this guy. I can't remember his first name. I want to say Henry. I don't know if that's correct, actually. Henry. Um, this was from a National Geographic video. We'll have the link for it so you guys can go check it out yourselves as well. It's just a short little um, a bit on Mexican witchcraft in general, modern, t- modern day. Mm-hmm. But he had a really interesting experience because he basically started off as just, he was in central Mexico researching witchcraft, researching the people going through the markets, looking at the, the differences between like old world witchcraft and the now modern interpretation and things like you were talking about, like people trying to scam people and stuff like that, right? Like the cultural aspect of it. But what he kind of ended up... Selling juju from China. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? (laughs) So he had done over 30 years of field research on this subject, and he had visited markets, back corners of the world of witchcraft and all over Mexico. Cool. But basically, his story goes that he came upon, when he was with a research group, he came upon a site of ritual black magic. And he knows this because they basically came upon, it was like, in a cave, it was. Mm-hmm. They were directed to this spot as a potential site where black magic takes place. So, out of their research curiosity, would they it be go the there, cave right? of Catamaco? I don't believe so. Okay, but something very similar to that. They came across hundreds of objects buried as a part of a hexing ritual, Ooh. evil black magic. So these mm-hmm. were literally people who had been captured in the objects and held in the items that were placed in these jars so that they could be hexed, along with organs of animals, blood, among all the other things that we've we've talked about already. So basically he was with a group of, like part of the the people with his small group were healers Mm -hmm. to to help him with his like interpretations of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? And he himself was in the process of becoming a healer okay? because he was really becoming... Just immersed in it. Yeah, he was really immersed in the culture. They decided they felt bad for like the people who had been cursed, essentially. So the healers that he was with decided to try to break the spells mm-hmm. by essentially removing them from where they had been placed in the ground of this cave. What? But they went too far. They, that was a mistake. And people who practice black magic will tell you that you should not touch or mess with hexed objects because Ooh. you very well could become that way yourself. Yeah. And that is essentially what happened. How many movies start off that way? He truly <laughs> believes that this happened to him. So huh. shortly after this, after he, he was a part of it, he was touching and moving these objects and helping them as well. Yeah. Shortly after this, he went from being in perfect health to an awful, having an awful debilitating illness, uh, pain all over his body, had to go to the hospital, became just severely physically ill. Uh-huh. He ended up surviving, but he essentially like... He had to go through... He went and had what was called a limpia. A Ooh, sweeping limpia. of evil. Yeah, a cleansing. So, yeah, cleansing. Limpiar means to clean. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Get a broom, sweep it off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he had a cleansing. But in the end, he was basically, like, just torn. He was not sure whether his experience was purely psychological or if it was something more. Hmm. Um, in the end, he honestly, he believed that there was some sort of black magic. There was some sort of supernatural power that wasn't affecting him. Freaky. It was too coincidental for it to not be for him. Yeah. To come down with an illness that quickly. That, that's so, interesting. Well, that it comes down to the belief versus, like, you know, belief manifesting or... Yeah. 
you know, like, if he had gone into that... Imagine if you were not him, like, some Joe Blow that just stumbles across this cave and whatever. This is classic, like, beginning of any horror movie, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is a freaky cave with, like, a six-pointed star and whatever else and some weird freaky objects. Yeah. Let's move this stuff around. I wonder if they would, like, you know what I mean? Like, if they would end up contracting that same kind of illness or not kind of thing. That's where... Right. (laughs) That's where I'm always saying, like, being oblivious is the best weapon in paranormal situations. Except you want to be. Thing. I don't think you want to be very oblivious. When I the feel like around. I, 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 only like only Mr. Magoo would get away with that. How many feelings do you have? Like the thing you would be. Help him out. I'll show you. <laughs> but to me, like this experience of Doctor Zabaleta is is potential evidence, like from a yeah. credible academic minded source, that black magic is a way of inflicting real effects on somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's the methodology used, like, is a way of connecting to an otherworldly power. And that otherworldly power could be what those police officers saw. Could be what Sam and Yego saw. Um, just it happened to be in a... But this is why the church forbids witchcraft, right? Because they're terrified of it. Because they attribute it to they the devil. They actually forbid it? But the, yes, of course. Of course. What do you think? Whoa. The church says only on weekends? <laughs> What? No, it's forbidden. They won't like even the let Catholic people. Pope? Yes, yes. It's a papal bull. They won't even let people watch freaking Harry Potter. What? Literally. No. In when I was in elementary school, we were not allowed to watch Harry Potter at school because there were Catholics in the class. Their parents refused to let them watch Harry Potter. I feel like that's like a different. That was a little extreme. So, yeah. But it's witchcraft, and hmm. if pe- and right. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's going a little that's far, bizarre. but it's but. Is it, though? Does that surprise you? I guess maybe not. Like, I don't know. I never really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. That's very... That's, that's But my, my, my point here, though, is, like, perhaps the church isn't entirely wrong. It's just that they're attributing it to the devil, heaven, and hell, right? The the demons and the things oh, associated yeah, with the yeah. church. This is just the European interpretation blanketing over ancient Mesoamerican paranormal entities with European witchcraft mm-hmm. experiences. Yeah, that's true. You do get that layering, like we've, like, yeah, we've been bringing up yeah. throughout this whole episode. It's very, well, and that's very interesting that you bring up this concept of good and evil um, related to European Judeo-Christian um, traditions and all that stuff. And yeah. and, yeah, Catholicism and stuff. Because in Mesoamerican traditions, it's a little bit different. So they don't really focus on concepts, like in traditional Mesoamerican cultures and, and mythos, that type of thing. They don't focus on sort of a... Um, bipartisan split between good and evil they focus on more concepts of order and chaos right so there is this one god that's associated i don't even really want to go into like try and say his name oh he he was known as the arch sorcerer i'll just say that okay Tezcatlipoca, Lord of the Smoking Mirror was another name for him cool but essentially he was associated with um um, like disorder, essentially things like he he could bring about disease, famine, plague, but he was also prayed to in order to avoid these sorts of calamities. So in order to maintain the order and to appease his sort of spirit, that right. type of thing. Yeah. Um. But he was <laughs> he was also seen as benevolent, caring, but could be dangerous and destructive. So those sorts of ideas where it's like you need to keep the order in order to keep the peace, in order to, like, maintain right. things and avoid certain things. Well, it's like that, that god in and of himself is, like, white and black magic, right? Yeah. It can be for good or bad. Exactly. And that's kind of where magic in itself, right, is both things. Right. But it's very – and he's also associated with winds. So if you mm. think about it, wind is often a disrupting factor. Right. So if you think – yeah, like, especially winds of the night, 
So again, you get the sort of, I don't even, I I, I thought that was really cool. I didn't look too, too bad into it, but he's also associated with what they call malos eris, so bad winds. Interesting. Yeah. Just like a, a, yeah, a blowing through of evil, potentially. Exactly. (laughs) Isn't that interesting, though? Like the idea that, yeah, so this is, again, from that Coltman guy who's studying to get his doctorate, and he was just talking about how, like, yeah... Ancient and contemporary Mesoamerica, the daily struggle is not based on Judeo-Christian concepts of good and evil, but instead one of order and chaos. And he says here, quote, life is about maintaining balance, order, and equilibrium. There are forces that threaten this balance and order. So that's kind of the the maintenance that you need to sort of do. And so maybe these sort of shamans or these warlocks and witches, like a lot of them are sort of programmed to sort of maintain that equilibrium. But then there's others that perhaps aren't and are a little more <laughs> nefarious in their right. practices. Especially like, you know, like you could get clientele, right? They're asking you to do the sorts of magic. And if you have that kind of um, background or whatever, and, and, and the knowledge and the authority in your community, and these people have these types of beliefs, then, I don't know. Yeah. Like, the whole thing. I love this, though. I, I want to go to Mexico and try and experience this, and not in the commercialized, like, you know, sort of like, oh, yeah, come to Catamaco, the international whatever of witches, and buyer, like I said before, like, yeah, the made-in-China, like, yeah. <laughs> cures for whatever, like, you know, like. No. But it w- I would really love to be witness to a ceremony that would be really cool. Or go cool. to that black mass. That would be very interesting. Definitely. I wouldn't want to hang around a cemetery and come across a couple of hag-like entities, per se. <laughs> no. Um, but, uh... No. Okay, I mean, we're, 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 we're coming down to the, down to the end here, I suppose. Oh my gosh, sorry guys, I'm just... <laughs> Hung over Amber and the yawns today. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel bad, I feel like I might have been stumbling over a little bit of <laughs> That's okay. But it's all good. You guys, you get it, right? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) All right. Well, let's hear your final take. I want to get your opinion, especially on, like, the main story, like, Samaniego's story, Leonardo. What do you think, ultimately, he saw there? Like, I I am of the mind that I think it could have been, like, what you were talking about with those vampire witches, that sort of manifestation. I also think, perhaps... Maybe he had some bad juju put on him and maybe, or he was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time and right. he just happened to witness that demonic thing that was fleeing or being cleansed from that the other ceremony that was taking place nearby. Right. But I just, I, I don't not believe him though. I don't think it's a simple case of, oh, he actually fell asleep at the wheel, crashed his car and is trying to come up with an elaborate story to cover his ass. Like, no. I don't think, I don't no. buy that. No, I don't, I agree. I would agree with so you. So what, what would you say? Like, are you leaning towards the same? Like, well, I actually really like what you just said there, that it could be the fact that there was a cleansing going on at the same time. Maybe yeah. that he, yeah, he was in the area, wrong place, wrong time in a sense. And this was the entity, yeah, being being shooed away. Right? Yes. Being, and um, maybe it was trying to cling on to him too. And the fact that he had that Lady of Guadalupe um, icon hanging, him, maybe. maybe it did. But then you have to wonder, where the heck did it go? back into another dimension or just off into the night. I don't really know the thing. Well, because, okay. We're just off into some other. That's a, no, that's a really good question. Yeah. Like where did it go? That, that, that comes back to the thing. Was is there it, any physiological evidence? Yeah. Is it metaphysical or is it physical? Like you brought up the movie, the witch, which mm-hmm. we love. And we'll probably cover that for our first, um, into the portal film thing. Cause it's just real awesome. time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that name, but in that movie, The Witch, not that you really see it because it's all suggestive, yeah. but it's 
it is a very, it is a physical creature living in the woods. Mm-hmm. So. But metaphysical too, like the very end scene of that was very. Flying in the air, like yeah. whatever, no spoilers, obviously that came out a few years ago, so whatever, yeah. you guys should go watch it. But, um, <laughs> and discuss it with us. But uh, still different, like not interdimensional though. No. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so where the heck did this thing go? That I don't know. I'm just thinking, clawing at his windshield and then just I'm flew thinking off it's into just the part of the um, the realm of disorder and it like like I said the Malos Arius the bad winds and maybe it is hiding out in a cave somewhere or maybe it's just like manifested maybe it's it's within someone else maybe a a warlock or a shaman or something could have been. Like, you know, like, almost, like, possessed by it. That's one thing that we didn't really see, like, people no. being, like, possessed. Like, right. Because that is a very common thing with, obviously, with the Catholic tradition. Yeah. Like, a demon, yeah, demon possession and things like that. It's a little bit different, this concept. Do you think history. that the experiences of the two police officers is at all linked to the object that was filmed in Monterey? Is that, is that yeah. the same entity? Like, is that the witch that attacked... Samaniego. And it lives in that canyon, maybe? And like, <sighs> I don't know. There's like, so many other dots to connect. Like, even as far as the geography and, like, the distances between these places. Like, right. to, we, like we need to plot it out, man. I know. I, I feel like I just have a million questions for you here at the end, too. But it's like, okay, to you, is it more scary for there to be one monstrous, like, demonic witch entity living in the mountains nearby? Or for it to just be a phenomena and it's not necessarily one entity or one evil thing it's like potentially just how you see supernatural stuff happening right like Mm -hmm. it just happens you know what i mean like it's not the same actual physical one creature yeah being seen by police officers that kind of like coalesce and manifest right like what do you like to me there being one or (laughs) perhaps there is one sort of high sorcerer or whatever high witch and then it sends out these sort of manifestations and stuff. And, and perhaps what you're seeing is actually not like, it's like projection or some sort yeah. as a result of some sort of ritual magic or some sort of black okay. magic ceremony or something. Man, I'm <laughs> always just so, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough to interpret. Yeah. I definitely don't think either of those situations were hoaxes. No. And I don't think the video, the Monterey video is a hoax either. I, I think really, it could be a misinterpretation of something. I do not have an explanation of what that would be. It's not a drone. Unless it's some sort of military technology that was just seen and shouldn't <laughs> have been seen. But even that is like, it's such a bizarre, clunky it's such looking a sh- object. It's such a stupid shape. Yeah. Why would you design something that has zero, that's not aerodynamic at all, that's super bulky and obvious? Like, that doesn't seem likely. No, it doesn't. And, and normally when you hear of things like that, that could potentially be government technology or whatever, it is, it has like a metallic appearance, usually very sleek looking, and usually glowing too, most often. Typically like, it's going to be more associated with the UFO phenomenon, not bringing up the questions of, was that a UFO or was yeah. that a witch entity? Yeah. <laughs> Seems pretty... It's bizarre. Pretty different. Yeah. Now I am more or less an agnostic, mm-hmm. but th- like I've said before, this show makes me question a lot of things. <laughs> so it's not making me religious by any means, but it's definitely makes me question like a lot of the Catholic interpretations of things I think are just that it's a, it's a religious lens of mm-hmm. a very real phenomena. Yeah. And that to me is just as scary. I don't know if hell is real, but 
some version of it might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's no kidding. <laughs> and all the, yeah, the melding of sort of um, African voodoo traditions, this sort of, yeah, um, Catholicism and then the Mesoamerican. <sighs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, <sighs> so in the end, I believe in witches. Do you believe in witches? I do believe in witches to a certain extent. It's so funny. Now I'm just thinking in my head, like we were watching that Serpent and the Rainbow movie the other day, which Mm -hmm. we did discuss briefly and we didn't actually get a chance to watch before our Mysteries of Voodoo episode, episode seven of Into the Portal. (laughs) But, um, or was it episode eight? I think it was seven or eight. Seven or eight. But in that movie, like he, he, he is basically hallucinating a lot and me. Well, the video evidence would not point to a hallucination, obviously, but perhaps in other scenarios, what was perceived as a physical entity is actually a hallucination. Where a lot of literally in that first scene of *Serpent the Rainbow*, he's like cuddling with like what was it, a wolf like or a jaguar? jaguar? Or something, yeah, he's yeah. cuddling up with it. It's a physical object that he's like wrestling with on the ground, but there's nothing just there. Just a hallucination. Yeah, yeah, it's just him. Well, for the ancient witchcraft, I feel like a lot of that could definitely be mm-hmm. a part of that for sure. You're seeing something that's not there. That but, brings to mind a whole other issue of visibility versus, invi- like, you know what I mean? Like, how much we can actually perceive. We can't see radio waves. We can't see microwaves. You know what very, I mean? Like, what else true. could possibly change into our spectrum of visibility and then change out of it? Yeah. Anyway, more more <laughs> rabbit holes for one. another day. Right? Oh, yeah. It's like, it goes on and on. It goes on and on. We well, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, yes. Thanks again, Adam, for... Uh, yeah, very Did much. And let us know what you think. Do you Please, believe yeah. that... What do you think these police officers experience, especially Leonardo's experience? Mm-hmm. And do you believe in witches? In whether it's in the... Any the, sort of tradition. Any, any, any tradition, any yeah. form. What what are these things? What's going on here in Central Mexico? Let us know. Um, you can email us into the portal uh, mailbox at gmail.com. We always love getting emails from people. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, come follow us on the socials at Into the Portal 1 on Twitter, yep. at Into the Portal Podcast on Instagram if you guys don't already. Mm-hmm. And as come always, join our forum. Yeah, come join the forum on Facebook. So, um, yeah, just add Into the Portal Podcast. The forum group is there. You can click on it. And, we have a page uh, and a group. But go into the forum because that's a more fun, more interactive. Yes. We post more on there. Definitely. <laughs> and if you haven't already, go check us out on patreon it's just yeah. uh, patreon.com slash forward slash into the portal and we've got some really sweet stuff up there and a relatively recent bonus app and there'll yeah. be more to come so we've got uh, a really fun one planned for this month it's definitely. freaky yeah and again shout out ian have an awesome birthday yeah man very very happy <laughs> birthday to you and once again thank you for listening to this little uh, prelude to uh the spooky month of october and the witch yes and we'll be back next week until next time
was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.